Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Every now and then, your pastors just kind of want to share what's on their heart. And so, uh, I want to share what's on my heart this morning, and then Brother Henry's going to share what's on his heart. We live in a world today where we are so divided. We build up walls. And really, the proverbial clause I want to use with you this morning, we draw lines in the sand. We've been in relationships, and we have literally taken our finger and drawn a line in the sand and said, I am not going to step over this line anymore. And you are not going to step over that line to me. We've drawn lines in the sand to keep from getting hurt. And those very lines that you have drawn in your heart and in your mind are the very lines that are keeping you chained and in bondage. We see this many times in Scripture where people draw lines in the sand because they refuse to step over. They refuse to take that step of faith and say, today's going to be the day that I'm going to ignore my emotions. Today's going to be the day that I'm going to ignore my feelings in the past. And I'm going to step out on faith and I'm going to trust the Lord. We all have to admit we have drawn lines in the sand in our lives. Maybe you've been hurt by a parent, been hurt in a relationship, episode at work. I don't know what it is, but we've all come to the place where we have drawn a line in the sand. And we refuse to step over that line. And we refuse to let anybody else come over that line. And what we basically have done is we boxed ourselves in into an isolated chamber that keeps you fully from experiencing the love of Jesus Christ. There's a story about a rich man that approaches Jesus. And he says, good teacher, I want to have eternal life. I want to go to heaven. What do I need to do? Jesus said, well, you need to obey the Ten Commandments. He said, oh, I've done those since my youth. I mean, when we, we look at this man, we would think he's a well-rounded citizen. But then Jesus approaches him and says, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. And the Bible says that young man went away miserable. Because you see, he was refusing to step over the line in the sand called money to follow the Lord. When in all reality, God would have set him free from that. God would have blessed him with it, but he just could not make up his mind to step over that line in the sand and say, I am going to step over today. We never hear what happens to this man. We just know he went away miserable, saddened because he wouldn't step over the line in the sand. On another occasion, the Apostle Paul speaks to Agrippa, pours his heart out to Agrippa. And what's really sad, Agrippa says, Paul, thou almost... You almost persuade me to be a Christian. There's that line. Almost. Paul, I'm almost ready to do that, but I'm not. We're not sure what his line in the sand was. Probably was his kingship. After all, Christianity was not popular back then. 
just like it's not today. And Agrippa probably wanted to save face so he wouldn't step over the line in the sand. But in all reality, if he'd have stepped over the line of sand, not only would he have saved his face, he'd have saved his life. Crazy, in the Old Testament, the whole entire nation is covered with frogs. And Moses asked Pharaoh, when do you want these frogs to be gone? Sensible human being would have said, right now would be good, Moses. But instead, he says, tomorrow. Because he wasn't quite ready to cross the line in the sand. And if you stop and think for a minute, church, there are many things that go through your life and my life that we have drawn the line in the sand and say, I refuse to step over. I've been hurt. I've been deceived. And I am not going to let this happen in my life again. And what the devil has done, he's convinced you to be lonely He's convinced you to be isolated. He's convinced you to be empty rather than to experience the fullness of God. This morning, we need to recognize our line. And we need to step over that line in the sand. Is it going to be easy? Probably not. Because it's at the very heart of your life. It's at a very critical key part in your life. And rather than it setting you free and protecting you, it's actually burning you and chaining you down. A young woman caught in adultery, scribes and Pharisees come out to Jesus, confront him. The law of Moses says to Stoner, what do you recommend we do to her? He stoops down and starts writing in the sand. We don't know what he wrote. But what I do know is this. He probably wrote the very thing that they needed to get out of their life and step over to him. And rather than them saying, hey, I see what you're writing in the sand. And today, Lord, I'm going to step over and I'm going to allow you to forgive me. I'm going to allow you to change me. I'm going to allow you to forgive me and cleanse me and build me. They walked away. Christ is writing things today in the sand of your life. And he wants to give you the opportunity to step over so that you can be free, so that you can be loved, so that you truly can be fulfilled and have a purpose and a plan for life. But until you give Christ all of your heart, it'll never matter. The Bible says you shall love the Lord your God. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. All is the key word. It's all. It's an all or none deal. And the problem is we have loved him with a lot of our life. Most of our being, but not all. And because we haven't, we come up short. Because we haven't, we still wonder about tomorrow. Because we, still, we haven't, we still feel empty we still useless, lifeless. And until, church, we give Christ all of our heart, until we finally make the bold step to step over the line in the sand and say, it's done today. There will be no more lines in my life. You are going to be my all in all. We will come up empty. Amen. My son is autistic. 
And what you don't know about sometimes about special needs kids is that for many years, my son would not hug me and my son would not say he loved me. As a father, I would reach out to embrace him and you could see him squinch and just kind of turn into me and he would allow me to hug him, but he wouldn't hug me. He wouldn't say, I love you. This went on for about seven years. Daily, I would embrace my son, tell him I love him, and he would just squinch and just turn for me. But I still remember to this day the first time he held out his arms and he embraced me, his father. And he said, Dad, I love you. Not only did my life change, but his life changed. His life took on a whole new meaning because for the first time, he allowed his dad to be completely a part of his life, to be fully integrated into his life. Today, God is hugging you. But the question is, are you just squinched up, blocking him with the line in the sand? Or today will be the day that you open up your arms and fully embrace him and say, Father, I love you. I'll leave you with this quote. It was pinned on the locker room at my high school. You'll like this, James. The hottest place in hell is reserved for the man who won't give us all. Second Corinthians 6, 2 says, For he says, and this is talking about God now, For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You see, our God tells us that the acceptable time is right now. Now, now, what does that mean? That's God's way of saying to us, all of us, that you can find salvation right now. That you can get help from heaven right now. Right at this moment, right now, you can cry out to God, and He says, I'm listening to you, but I'm listening to you Right now. A poet uh, penned a little poem that captures the, the essence of this verse. I fell in love with this poem many years ago. It goes like this. All I have is just a minute. Only 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me. Can't refuse it. Didn't seek it. Didn't choose it. But it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give an account if I abuse it, just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. You see, God is saying the time is now. And you and I have to understand that we must take advantage of the precious moment in time that God has given us. If, if we draw lines and stand behind those lines, if we cloak ourselves with deception and we refuse to go all the way with our God, 
then we'll miss that precious moment in time that, has, that God has given to us. God says, now is the time. Now, here's the interesting thing. Satan says just the opposite. Satan says, not now. Satan says, wait. God says, now. Satan says, wait. Satan says, you have plenty of time to deal with God in the future. You don't have to do it now. You really do need to get your life in order, but you don't have to do it right now. You have plenty of time. Don't let anybody pressure you into making a decision you're not ready to make. That's what Satan says. Satan says, you can wait. That's not what God says. God says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. This moment is precious. This moment is the moment I'm dealing with your heart. Right now. Right now. Right at this moment. God says, now. Satan says, wait. You have to make up your mind. Which voice will you listen to? A long time ago, in my ministry, when I would be witnessing to people and ministering to people, and... I would begin to sense that they were resistant to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I started asking a question. I started this over 25 years ago. I started asking people this question. Is there coming a time, do you think there will be a time in your life, one day, someday, when you will say yes to the good news of Jesus Christ? Is that possible? Is that in the realm of possibility? Do you feel like one day, even though you're not ready to do it today, do you feel like one day you'll say yes? And to my amazement, almost everybody I talked to said yes. They say something like this. This is what they say. They say, you know, I know I need to go to church. I know I need to have my children in church. I know I need to quit playing games. I know I need to serve the Lord. What they're saying, Chuck, is I know I need to not draw a line. I need to go all the way with God. I know I need to do that. And one day I plan on doing that. One day, but not today. That's what they tell me. Now, I have to be honest with you. Every now and then I run into somebody and they will tell me, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in any of this stuff and I want nothing to do with it. But most of the people I talk to say one day. Now, here's the problem with that. And that is that they're listening to the wrong voice. You see, God says now. Satan says Someday. Not now. Wait. Put it off. That's what Satan says. So we have a tendency to listen to the wrong voice. Many years ago, I don't know how long ago, I heard a story, and I want to share this story with you. But the story goes something like this. Satan called a board meeting in hell. And he got all of his chief demons together. And Satan gathered all of his chief demons around him. And he said, guys, the reason for this meeting today is, I want us to come up with a chief strategy to hinder, to slow down, to even stop the spread of the gospel in America. Satan says we have different strategies for different nations. I want us to come up with a strategy that will stop the spread of the gospel in the United States of America. He said, guys, let's go to work. So 
one demon very act, uh, Uh, He was excited and he was anxious and he said, I got an idea. He said, this is my idea. And he just knew it it was a great idea. And he said, let's tell the people in America that the Bible is not true. Let's tell them that it was written by a bunch of superstitious people who lived thousands of years ago. And it has nothing to do with truth at all. Let's tell them there's nothing to the Bible. Satan took a deep breath. And he said, well, that might work with some people. But it won't work with the masses. Satan said, there's no other explanation for a book that was written thousands of years ago and it is scientifically and historically accurate. Satan said, things were written in the Bible, foretold, Thousands of years before it even happened. God writes history in advance. Satan said the Bible is a supernatural book. And those who really read it and those who really believe it will be supernaturally changed. Satan said to his demons, anybody who digs into the word of God will soon find out that only God could have written it. And then Satan said this, we will use that. And it may work on some, but it won't work on everybody. Won't work on the masses. Come on, guys, we've got to have a better, a better way to do this. Does anybody have a better idea? And another one of his chief demons said, I have an idea. Th- this is my idea. He, he said, let's tell them. Let's tell the people in America that Jesus was not born of a virgin. Let's tell people in America that he was not the Son of God. And let's make something up. Just anything up. Let's tell people that he was, he was the illegitimate son of a Roman soldier. Let's just make something up. And again, Satan said, well, you know, that surely that'll work on some. It'll work on some of the people. But it won't, it won't work on the masses. Because there's no other explanation for his supernatural life. Satan said he performed hundreds of miracles. Miracles all the time. Some of which were actually recorded and reported by secular historians. And we can't forget the fact that he actually did change the world. And he's still changing the lives of those who call upon him and trust him. And Satan said to all of his chief demons, and we cannot forget... That he got up and walked out of a tomb alive after he was crucified, dead, and buried. He's still alive. Only the Son of God could do that. Oh, it'll work on a select few. Those who are completely deceived. But that can't be our major emphasis. We, we've got to do better than that. And so they're all getting kind of skittish right now. And another one of the chief demons said, listen, since we're throwing out ideas, I don't know now, but since, since we're throwing out ideas, I, I've got an idea. Why don't we tell everybody in America that they don't even need to be saved? 
They don't need to get right with God. They don't need to get their lives on. Why don't we tell them that they're just fine, just the way they are? Everything is all right. Why don't we tell them, don't pay any attention to this religious nonsense. You're fine, just the way you are. Well, this one kind of irritated Satan just a little bit. And he said, no, 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 that won't work. That won't work at all. It may work with a very small portion of the population, but that won't work because the average person walking around in America knows that they're unhappy on the inside, that they're unfulfilled. They know they're longing for something they don't have. They're empty and dying on the inside. Anyway, those who even achieve their goals are disappointed because nothing in this life really satisfies them. God has put a longing in their hearts that he alone can satisfy. And then Satan says, no, that will not work. They know they need something. And then finally, one little timid demon says, I have an idea, but you have to promise me you won't get upset with me. And Satan says, let's hear it. He said, why don't we tell everybody in America? Why don't we tell the whole nation that the Bible is the Word of God? Why don't we tell them that it is a holy book? That it was inspired by God? That it is absolutely true, every word in it? And why don't we tell them that Jesus really was born of a virgin, and that He is the sinless Son of God who came to save the world, and they need Him to save them. And why don't we tell them that they need salvation, they need to make a change, they need to get right with God. Why don't we tell them all of that, but why don't we say to them, just don't do it today. You have plenty of time. Do it next year. Do it when you get older. Do it before you die. And the demon said, as long as we can get them to put it off until tomorrow, they'll never walk with God. Satan said, that's it. That's our strategy. That's what we'll use. Now, friends, I realize this. That's just a story that somebody wrote. But I know this to be the truth. That Everything God is calling upon you to do today, Satan will say, wait until tomorrow. He will tell you to wait. He will tell you to delay. He'll tell you to put it off. But I'm telling you that God says now, if you need forgiveness in your life, you need to do something about it right now. If you need to rededicate your life, you need to do something about it right now. If there's something in your life that's out of order, you need to make it right right now. If you need to join the church, you need to do it now. If you need to invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you, you need to do it right now. Why? Because now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. This is the one and only moment that you can connect with God. Tomorrow will never get here. Today. Would you bow with me in prayer?
with every head bowed, every eye. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.